0: This is Reverend Chuck Blair. Welcome to our weekly podcast on New Church Live. So great to have all you folks here today. Again, I'm Senior Pastor Chuck Blair, and, and I want to tell you a, a story today. I mean, Easter, these, these, these festival services, holiday times are a great time to just kind of go back to this story. And you think about it, there's millions of churches throughout the world who are coming back to this story because it's, it's so pivotal. It's pivotal for all of our lives. Whether whether you're Christian or not, doesn't matter. It's a story of rebirth. And and you can see in that story lessons that are just beautiful for our lives, regardless of religious persuasion. So I want to start out, kids, by telling you a story. Telling you a story about this man by the name of, of Jesus. He was a carpenter, lived a very simple life. He had a ministry that lasted three years. So his ministry wasn't real long. It just was real important. And we've learned some things about life when we look at that ministry. Because it teaches us in a lot of ways about who we really are. Deep inside. What is in our souls and what matters. So first off, you know, he said many, many beautiful things. Said many beautiful things. He said things like, love your enemies. Can we all say that together? (sighs) Love. love your enemies. Like, love your enemies. Wow. Pray for those who persecute you that you may be children of your Father in heaven. Again, this love your enemies. Very much a different way of looking at the world. And the original Christians, they used to talk about that particular line all the time. Like, love your enemies. Boy, if you really got that. And it's one thing to like, talk about it. And here's your quiz question. You've got to both talk the talk and you've got to you gotta walk the walk. You gotta walk the walk. You gotta actually do this stuff. What does it look like to actually live this way? And he showed us in many, many different ways, including what we looked at last year, where where he washed the disciples' feet. Now he had these twelve people who followed him, and 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 uh, you know he's trying to show them how important service was. So here's this very important, very popular guy, and he he actually takes the role of a servant. Washing people's feet because kids, that's, that's what they did at fancy dinners was because people's feet would be dirty. So a servant would come around and wash them. So he's trying to show people like, yeah, it's, a, it's about serving. It's about serving. And that service really matters. The challenge becomes is that these ideas like love your enemies, take care of other people, uh, really put kindness first. For a lot of people, that was a little unsettling. For a lot of people, and this was the big word we used for the adults, it was a counter-narrative. It wasn't the way we usually saw the world. It's kind of like if you go to England, what side of the road do they drive on? Well, the left, and if you're an American, that's a problem. And, And here comes this guy, and he's kind of driving on the wrong side of the road because he's saying it's all about love and connection and taking care of other people. And there's other people going, no, that's not what it's about. And that clash actually got to be so strong, so strong, that eventually these people said, look, he's better off dead. He's just causing way too many problems. And that's where we get to Good Friday. Now, it's interesting, Good Friday. Good Friday is the day that Christ, we celebrate that he was put to death. And we call it Good Friday, which is weird, right? Strange, but it was good because something else is born out of that, this horrible event where he's put to death on a cross, but there's something new being born here, something brand new being born here. What happened is this, folks. Real important, I think, again, to come back to, it's one thing to say something. It's one thing to say it, but can we keep doing it? Words are cheap. Actions, though, really tell us about someone. And we know because people wrote it down. We, we know what some of the last things that, that Christ said when he was on the cross. And one of the most beautiful ones he said, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. Tie that back again to the idea where he said, love your enemies. Like he said, look, you've got to love your enemies. I'm going to show you how. Washing people's feet. And then we have this event. And here's this man in the midst of pain and agony. And he has a prayer. He said, God, like, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Incredibly powerful prayer that actually, and we'll talk about somebody who used it. Second part of the service, we'll talk about a, a young girl who actually used that prayer in her life and it actually changed a lot of people because we know that with Christ, new church perspective, that he fought two things. He fought hopelessness. Sort of that last temptation was hopelessness, that it's, that it's all hopeless, like there's no hope for the world. How many of us struggle with hopelessness on occasion? A lot of us do. It's that struggle, that constant struggle of keeping hope, keeping hope alive, keeping light alive in our lives. And we also know that he experienced the last victory. New church has a very different view of what that victory was. Here's the way we hold it. The last victory, when he prayed for his enemies, what he was praying for, he was praying for and so far, please say those two words, and so for everyone, everywhere. everywhere. Doesn't matter your background, doesn't matter your religion, whether you have one or not, doesn't matter any of that. We see this prayer and, and literally like it's, it's this prayer that, that, that gives us a sense of what forgiveness and hope can be. And, and, and that idea of forgiveness, folks, like forgiving, that's what that's about. It's about creating this new heart. Now as the band comes out, as the band comes out, I want you to think about how significant that is because we see pain that's present, but not central. And that's really for the adults, kids. Like, like we see pain that's present, but it's not central. Pain is part of this story. But there's a new heart at the middle of it, a new center. And all of us in here are called to it, a new way to see the world, a new way to chase light. To see the world, to allow the world to open in brand new ways. So, so isn't it interesting, right? Like we chase light and, and we start to feel this transformation. And, and I think Christianity becomes, get, gets off track when it becomes about how can I save you? And I, I think that's not what Christianity is about. Christianity, and it's where it can appeal to all faiths. And in New Church, we, we hold Christianity actually as an umbrella that all faiths can come under. It's not about how can I save you. It's about how can I serve. How can I serve? How can I find in my way a ser- to serve into this world, to take this precious little life that we have, and use it to to, to somehow serve the higher angels of our nature, to somehow serve the needs and the challenges out there of the world. And Easter kind of gets us there because, because Christ doesn't sort of come to the end of the story and he dies and then here's this big monument to this dead guy. That's not what Easter is about. Easter's not about Christ's death. It's about birth. It's about resurrection. It's about life coming alive anew. Because you look at what people do sometimes. Like I, I, I always enjoy going to old graveyards and some people have gone way overboard with their graves. Yeah, yeah you think that was bad. Look at this, 8,000 terracotta soldiers. My goodness, and here's another one. Beautiful, granted, but you know, wow. Do you guys, yes or no? Do you want to see what Christ's grave probably looked like? Yeah. Could I get a real yes? Yeah. Yes, all right, here we go. Next picture. <laughs> Pretty humble. We don't even know exactly where his tomb is. We know that it was someone else's tomb, that sort of, you know, a friend of his that allowed him to use it. Much more plain, right? Because this is the point, folks. The point is that it's, it, it was never about the grave. Really? Yeah, it, was, it was never about the grave. It was never about memorializing that death. It was about life. And we see people doing this in Christian denominations where they really can get, like, the tomb is empty. That's the point. You know, I remember years ago, you know, there was that tragedy at Nickel Creek Mines where where a number of students were were hurt. Um, Amish students, probably a lot of you remember that. My son took me to see the memorial to it, you know, and what it is, it's five trees. It's five trees. Not a plaque to hurt but a planting in hope not a plaque to hurt but a planting and a flowering and a beauty anchored in hope now, I want to read you a, a, a story here, and this is, this is Easter morning, bright, bright, bright at, at the crack of dawn in the morning, and there's a number of different versions. For those of you who aren't familiar with the gospel, there's four different gospels, there's four different perspectives on Christ, north, south, east, and west, each one a little different. This is the one from Mark, and you can see the picture in the background here. When Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene married the mother of James, and Salome brought spices so that they might go anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, and that's what we celebrate on Easter. That's what we celebrate on Easter, on the first day of the week. Just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb, and they asked each other, who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? So they would block these tombs up with a big stone, and they're like, how are we going to move that? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. And they entered the tomb. They saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side. And they were alarmed. So kids, if you kind of look, can you see in there, kids? Can you see the angel sitting in there? Deep in there. And the three of them are kind of looking in. And, and there's an angel in there. Don't be alarmed, the angel said. You're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He has risen. He has risen. He's not here. See the place where they laid him. But go tell his disciples and Peter. He's going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. A beautiful part there, folks, because what they had discovered, they discovered this in the tomb. They go in, and this is the way the tomb looked on the inside, that the tomb was empty. Again, and see that in light of, like, the birth. And isn't it interesting, right? Look at these beautiful flowers. That we celebrate it with flowers, I mean, that's how we celebrate Easter, that, that beautiful idea that, that there's a resurrection that takes place in our life. Just imagine even right now, folks, when you walk, are there leaves on the trees yet? Yes or no? Yeah, just starting. And in a, in a, in a couple of weeks, it's going to be like, bang, all of a sudden, leaves everywhere. My office is up on the third floor. It actually, kids, when the leaves get going, I feel like I'm in a tree house. Coolest office in the world. Because those leaves, that that, that deals with that deep idea of rebirth. And then Christ goes on, like he's he's resurrected, and he he gives people instructions, and he comes back and he says, look, this is the journey. I want you to understand the journey. I want you to understand what this can really mean. And he says these words. Now, I've color-coded this for this really bright audience. All right? You folks over here are the greens. You folks in the middle are the yellows, and you folks over here are the reds, all right? We're going to see as we can read this, all right? So go into the world, that part will say that, and preach the good news, this part will say that. To all creation, this part will say that. If you do it well enough, I'll only make you say it once, all right? If not, we're here till Tuesday. All right, you guys ready? All right, ready. Go into the world. Good. Yeah, give yourselves a round of applause. Well done. You know, it's it's, it's beautiful, right? Because this is talking about a new heart. This is not like some scolding, like thou shalt go into the world. It's like go into the world. Go out there into the world. This direct confrontation to fear. For a lot of these people, they'd never traveled more than five miles from home. And here Christ is saying, no, you can take this new heart anywhere, including where you live right now. So go out into the world, preach the good news, like this is good news, that life can be reborn. I know there are some of you sitting here right now who are just thinking like, man, if I could just believe that my life could somehow be reborn, and I'm here to tell you it can be. And service is the key to that. Service is the key to that. I, I say this quote all the time, preach the good news. I, I say it all the time about St. Francis. I just said it a couple of weeks ago, we got a bunch of first time people. And so I love saying, it, so I'm going to say it again. St. Francis said, preach the word every day. And if need be, use words. You know, we literally can preach as we move out there into the world. And then we get to bring, I'm going to, you folks get to go twice. Oh, go back. All right. And then we get to bring it to to all creation. So yesterday, simple story, and all of you have been here, and all of you would have done the same thing, I bet you. I'm going out on my morning walk, I'm coming back, a lady is pulled into the middle of a big intersection right down here in Beth her car goes kablooey. And she's an older woman, she's nervous, she's caught in the middle of intersection. People are not kind to people caught in the middle of intersections, I realized that. Lots of beeping, a few other things going on that weren't terribly great. So I can decide to keep going, but I don't. I, I'm not in a rush, so I pull over, I go over, and I just, I just worked at being with this woman, just with her. Marsha was her name. Called her husband, called the police, put on her emergency brake, walked her off to the side, and just took a breath. That, I think, is what we're all being called to. I think that's where this is going, real simple. And when we can find that new heart, and we can sort of learn to live differently, like our lives that are so filled with just busyness and, and frenetic life and just worry, 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 worry. And we could fill in the worries from North Korea on down, filled with all those worries. This can call us to a new heart, call us to a new place. And when we're in this place, what happens is that we learn to walk in a new way. We learned to walk. Those places where we felt like we, we just couldn't walk, where we couldn't move at all. Those places where we felt frozen, all of a sudden we can walk. Those things where we felt like we were blind, like we couldn't see it. I just, I can't see it. I can't see my way in the world. I can't see my way forward. I can't see my way to have a loving relationship. I can't see a way to connect better with my teenage kids who are driving me crazy. I can't see a better way to, to work in my job. I can't see a better way. All of a sudden we get a counter-narrative, a different way of seeing the world, and our sight is healed. Our sight is healed. When we walk, when we see, we walk, when we see, we learn to connect. We learn to connect. We learn to connect in ways that go back to this ancient, 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 ancient Jewish carpenter, who talked about these connections, who celebrated these connections, who said this is the way to live life and to live it abundantly, and that abundance is beyond our circumstances, totally beyond our. Because some you may have great circumstances, other not. Doesn't matter. You can still find that new way to walk and that new way to see. And what we get at the end of that is a new way to connect. New Church Live, those of you here for the first time, this is a church that loves connection. Could I get an amen on that? This is a church that loves connection. And that's one of the most beautiful parts of the job is to witness that. And, and Easter is such a time to come back to what those connections are as we celebrate this. It's easy as well to leave this stuff, folks, kind of up here, pie in the sky, and, and to leave here thinking, I feel really good. Rebecca's saying really great, and that's a great theory. I want to tell you that it's real and it can be practiced. So I'm going to step over here and talk about that practice. It's the story of Ruby Bridges. Norman Rockwell made her a bit famous with this painting. Ruby was just a little girl, an elementary school girl, and she was asked kids very bravely to go desegregate the school. She was the one African-American student in the school, and people were horrible to her. They threw things at her. They shouted at her. They had adults like lined up out of, outside of school to shout at her. I mean, crazy, crazy stuff. And what happened, and I read about this years ago, and it remember just touching my heart so much. And I'm going to read you a specific thing. I remember years ago reading about this Harvard psychologist, Robert Coles, who was asked to go sit at her dining room table and help her to go through this because would that be a little traumatic, yes or no? Yes, Yes, it'd be a little traumatic. If I'm her mom and dad, you bet you I want a psychiatrist there, as well as the police. You know, because it would just be so unsettling. And Robert Coles comes in, extremely brilliant man. Extremely brilliant with all his theories and all his ways that he's going to help her out. And then this story Takes place Now, As the picture's up there. Just listen to this story. It's a beautiful story. And, and kind of picture yourself in his shoes and kind of picture yourself in her shoes as well. When psychiatrist Robert Coles was studying children in the desegregating South in the 60s, he took a personal interest in Ruby. Her display of strength, stoicism, and bright cheer in the midst of a daily hell caught his attention and puzzled him. He began to meet with her every week. One of Ruby's teachers told Coles that she had noticed Ruby moving her lips as she was walking into school. So as she's walking into school there, notice her moving her lips. So Coles asked her, who are you talking to, Ruby? I was talking to God and praying for the people in the street, she said. Why were you doing that, Ruby? Well, because I wanted to pray for them. Don't you think they need praying for? Coles responded affirmatively but pushed further. Where did you learn that? From my mommy and daddy, and from the minister at church. I pray every morning when I come to school, and every afternoon when I go home. Coles continued. But Ruby, those people are so mean to you. You must have some other feelings besides just wanting to pray for them. No. Isn't that a great line? No. She said, I just keep praying for them and hope God will be good to them. I always pray the same thing. Please, dear God, forgive them. Because they don't know what they're doing. That is a powerful story of how this can be lived in ways that actually lead to rebirth. Not just her rebirth, but the rebirth of all those people who are out there shouting. Like it just, it changes the whole conversation. That can be such a beautiful part of Easter. And do you see why we celebrate Easter with this particular form of the sun? Take a look. That's why we celebrate it as a sunrise. That's why we celebrate it as a sunrise. Something new being born. A new invitation to you. A new invitation to you. And don't let that just slide over or poke your loved one beside you. It's to you. A new way to live. A new way to find your heart. A new way to find your soul. And a new way to practice. Now, the way we're going to close today's service, we're going to close it the way Christians have closed it for thousands of years on Easter, with a baptism. And just, I want to close this, like, happy Easter. Can we get a big happy Easter? Happy Easter! What a great day. We're so happy all of you joined us here today, and just may you have a day filled with the joy of this season. Thank you for coming. Please join me in a prayer. Lord, thank you for your presence here among us today. Thank you for your still, small voice that constantly calls us home, constantly offers us the words that there is a new way, that there is indeed a resurrection, that there is indeed a way where our hearts of stone becomes hearts of flesh, where we grow, and where we learn to sing this word as we will be singing. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah for that life is good. Hallelujah for the breakings in life that we have learned to move through, limps and all. Hallelujah for those we love. Hallelujah for this beautiful spring day. Hallelujah that we can learn with your guidance to walk, to see, to connect thank you Lord for your presence here today allow this Easter spirit to permeate our lives this spring bless us Lord lead us home in your name we pray Amen